This is episode 00011. It's the Dyson vacuum of the guitar world. Coming to you from the awkward gap in the middle of the G1275 double neck. (laughs) This is the tone control. Nailed it. Thigh gap. <laughs> thigh gap. <laughs> That's the reason to buy the guitar. Uh, what, what are you sporting there, man? My guitar's got a thigh gap. <laughs> Does that make the necks legs? <laughs> I guess. See now when I was really saying it, I, I was picturing them as like a gap between front teeth or something, but that all works too. <laughs> <clears throat> now this is the part where we typically uh, <laughs> forget how to do a podcast. <laughs> forget how we ever open a podcast, and we sort of talk for a little while, and uh, we'll eventually just get into eventually it. Eventually, we'll just kind of go. All right. Well, I guess we've started. Yeah. We'll cut all this out anymore. Yeah, this episode goes to 11. (laughs) It's a very pastel black. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's pretend like we've begun the show. What's new, Derek? We have a couple of new things going on today. I'm sorry, what? Hang on. (laughs) Can you not hear me? No, I'm good. I'm nailing it. Are are you asking me about news items? No. I'm asking you what's what's new and different about about episode 11. About episode 11? Uh, sorry, you said what's new. I was like, we, we say that when we talk about news. <laughs> <laughs> I hear another right. voice. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, I'm fooling him. No, I'm trying to I'm trying to, to subtly hint at the fact that we have a guest on the show tonight. Uh-huh. And I'm apparently <laughs> tricking everyone. I... <laughs> so So it's, it's episode goes to 11, and it's our... First, uh, I get what on air? Are we on air? It's our first on air interview. We've had a, a listener <laughs> mail, and now we've got a an actual uh, person, human human being to talk yeah. to. And we yeah. have uh, we have a sponsor has come on board. That is um, true. That you're going to be hearing more about. It's pedalgenie.com, and it's like Netflix for guitar pedals. You know it. Yeah, it's like Netflix for guitar pedals. Thirty four ninety five a month, shipping included. You get to try out. Any pedal you want for as long as you want and return it whenever you feel like. No late fees. So we'll tell you more about that a little later on. But uh, yeah, a little business card here says all your pedal wishes granted. Yeah. They have a little blue genie with a, with a spiky collar on. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. So Kevin is here. Kevin from Too Late the Hero and from Lion's Mane Productions. Do you have a, do you have a website that I need to know about? Um, it's really just the Facebook. Okay, I haven't gotten I that fancy yet. So it's just facebook.com slash lion's mane, like the state. <laughs> yeah. Cool. If you, if you can't find it, you haven't tried hard enough. Uh, so Kevin's a friend and I've, I've known his bandmates at least for gosh, since we were in high school. 
they've just put out a new album and we decided this would be a great opportunity to have a guest on the show and talk about, you know, everything he did, especially because he, they are handling all the recording and everything. And so we get to hear about everything from all sides and I'm going to poke you about your stage gear and your recording chain and everything else. (laughs) The news. Victory Amps V30 Lunchbox Head. Yep. What? You guys, are, you remember Victory Amps, right? We talked about that oh, yes. early, new, early on. New company. New British company, yeah. So the Lunchbox size head, it's up there with like the orange Tiny Terror mm-hmm. kind of size. Um, I think there's a lot of appeal to a little head like that. The, yeah. the more I'm seeing these, it's it's a cool thing. So this is like a little 30 watt uh, ECC 83 kind of thing. Two EL eighty four, sorry, EL thirty four power tubes switchable <laughs> to six L six. ECC eighty three is a twelve AX seven. Right, that's the right. British it's, word. It's the the Victory Amps way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's thirty watts and it's switchable down to seven watts. Which again, you're seeing all that kind of stuff on the uh, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Orange uh, tiny terrors and stuff. Yep. Effects loop, separate master volumes for clean and overdrive channels. It probably sounds killer. I mean, I haven't heard a demo yet, but those victory amps sounded awesome the last I knew. Yeah. I think this is just like a little lighter weight version of this. Mm-hmm. But um, it says it's got single ended mode, and I don't know what that means. Uh, do you know what that, that means? That is the difference between class A and class AB. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and and I my my expertise is going to run out pretty soon here, but um, <laughs> it it's it's technical. <laughs> it changes it changes the way the power section of the amplifier works. Right. Mm. So it's um seven ninety nine sterling. So probably <laughs> what I mean. Uh, what's, what's the pound now? <laughs> uh, it's like. Oh, I was just doing this because I'm planning a trip. It's going uh, to be over a thousand bucks in the U.S. Yeah, so, yeah. but it probably rips. I mean, these these Victory amps are really cool. Wicked. What's next? Next, cool gear alert. Epiphone reissues everything. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> so okay, here we go. Give us Casino the quick coupe. One. The Casino Coupe is the ES-339 body size, which is like a Les Paul size 335. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the 339 is a Gibson model, but uh, it's a really cool, like, tiny semi-hollow. It's got two Epiphone P90s. It comes in some classic colors. Yeah. It actually is kind of cool. I mean, those jazz guitars bet, are cool, but they're so big. Right. This I is like one. Uh, it's kind of a rock and roll version of one of those jazz boxes. Mm-hmm. The LP Express is the smallest slash maybe dumbest Les Paul out there. Oh God, it's like a <laughs> it's, it's like so a little ukulele or something. Look how yeah, weird the so headstock looks on that thing. <laughs> look at the pickups look gigantic. <laughs> oh wow, holy! <laughs> so it's a little teeny weeny travel guitar, and Not as to I've mention, said, that's on, the worst color in all of guitars. Yeah, that vintage sunburst. First of all, really, I love that. <laughs> Do you? Uh, <laughs> I, there are I'm better such a fan of that. Like the guitar pick shape burst. Ugh. Okay. Well, I, I mean the shape notwithstanding, but the I mean color? even then I don't really mind it. The color is <laughs> is perfect. I just it's too weird for me. Uh, well, know. you're really like the giving. You know, the Fender ha- two tone burst is where I draw the line on that kind of thing. Um, I definitely prefer the three tone burst though. Hmm. Well, yeah. I didn't know that. 
personal right. preference. But anyway, it's it's really really little. I mean, it's I've, so little. I still think travel guitars are stupid. I I don't understand the appeal of travel guitars. Like people have been traveling with normal guitars. What is shaving like seven percent off the size going to do? Exactly. Like you're supposed to be for the businessman on the road, I guess, who can't travel with a gig bag. I don't know. It's some bullshit. A businessman anyway. could afford a bigger mode of transportation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Serious. If if you're doing things that you're flying with a guitar, you yeah. can. You could bring a guitar. Buy a guitar that's an inch longer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, hardtail strat style bridge, fully adjustable, intonatable, 22 inch scale, bolt on neck. It's probably a piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next up, limited edition, 75th anniversary, 1939 century guitar amp. This thing. I'm just looking at that. World it looks War like a little radio. radio. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> so wow. it's an 18 watt 112 combo. Uh, two six V six two twelve AX seven. It's just like a simple little amp. Master tone, bright, normal and dark inputs. Um, master volume with a pull boost, <laughs> and uh, speaker out, foot switchable, and it's got a bias adjustment. It's a cool little thing. Yeah. Might be uh, yeah, probably sounds pretty good. I don't know if I'd pay that much for it, but <laughs> it's a conversation piece, right? I mean, yeah. for anything, it's it's looks like it's. <clears throat> I mean, it's from a bygone era. That's the whole idea. Yeah, yeah. Right. 1939 <clears throat> reissue. So um, what else? The Union Jack Sheridan. The, we uh, <clears throat> mentioned this briefly in the NAM episode. It's the... It has, <laughs> <laughs> has come out that this oh, is the, boy. quote, Oasis model celebrating the 20th anniversary of Oasis um, releasing Definitely Maybe. Wow. Um, Good for them, so, I guess. I guess. I don't know. It's um, It's a big to-do on the... On the Sheridan. So it's got Gibson USA, mini humbuckers, CTS pots, Grover tuners. It's got kind of a few of really nice upgrades for an Epiphone. Everything but the paint job. Right. It's a giant, <laughs> it's a giant Union Jack, whatever. Oh my God. Okay. Gold hardware. I mean, it is what it is. The, yeah. the little inlay at the headstock looks pretty cool. Yeah. I don't mind that. It's mm-hmm. a little classic throwback. There's just no way to play that anywhere and not just scream douchebag. Oh yeah, you know that's the problem with with uh, like artist models that aren't the Les Paul. <laughs> yeah, oh totally. <laughs> you know, you see somebody pull out like, a Steve Vai model at a show, and you're like, oh, you're what, you bought that? What huh? yard sale was that at? Yeah, <laughs> you must really be into Steve Vai <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. So um, here we go. Epiphone released the G1275, which is oh boy, the SG double neck, as you know, made famous by all kinds of people. Finally, um, a, a practical finally. guitar is on the list. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's essentially just the Epiphone version of the Gibson Mothership double neck. I mean, yeah, whatever. For me, those things you see that coming, and it's like, oh, this is going to be like it's it's a showmanship kind of thing, you know. I was going to say I've never had to jump from ACDC licks to Hotel California, right? But you could play Hotel California and all the guitar solos on one guitar. <laughs> it's you can't have one of these unless you're in a band where you get to switch guitars every song. Like unless you have a roadie yeah. bring you out a new guitar for every song. You yep. can't play this because what are you going to do? Play the rest of your set with this? No. No. 
That's no. the whole thing. But if you're going to the point where you're going to have a roadie bring you out another guitar, just have a separate 12 string. <laughs> yes. No excuse. We keep poking holes in this guitar. <laughs> Unless you're Jimmy Page playing Stairway to Heaven live. I'm not, I don't care. I don't want to see it. I'll tell you what, if there was an actual, and this is probably going to be really offensive, but I mean it genuinely. Um, if there was like a set of Siamese twins born that had like four fully functional arms, I would pay like thousands of dollars to go see one of them rip this thing at a show. All right. It's on Worth the table. It. And Challenge then uh, is out there. <laughs> so a couple of other custom models. There's a, a Joe Bonamassa custom Les Paul. Uh, now on the Epiphone line. And Pelham Blue with the black back. This thing looks killer. I love Pelham Blue. It's probably my favorite Gibson color. Anyway, looks like an awesome guitar. Three-way mm-hmm. pickup selector. Wait, what am I talking about? Oh, sorry. I'm reading the wrong note. Three-way pickup selector <laughs> on the double neck. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gibson USA humbuckers, Grover tuners. It's kind of upgraded. Uh, so, And then uh, Alpine White Jack Cassidy bass. It's a, sing- a single pickup, semi-hollow, offset body bass. Hmm. It's got a a certain. It's got a certain. <laughs> Nothing to so say insightful, anymore. All of us at once. It's, it's got a certain vibe to it, you know. I mean, I guess if I don't know what to. I don't Cassidy, know what to make of it. It it looks extremely uh, weird. Plus, it it's well, I don't know. Whatever. It's probably loud, not plugged in, right? Because it's hollow body Might bass. Be. Probably. So it has that uh, completely useless feature. <laughs> so, all right. So you don't, next you don't up, like the tone of acoustic basses? <laughs> <laughs> knowing he said knowing full well. Oh lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what? All right. So up next, <laughs> I want you guys. <laughs> up next, what am I looking at? I want you to open this up and tell me what you think you're looking at, because I don't know what I'm looking at. First of all, who is this guy? This is like an it, orcish battle axe. I think I've seen this guy on TV somewhere, but I know I haven't. What? What is going on here? Okay, so I'm looking at, yeah, I mean, really, it looks like the guitars that they played in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, like at, at the oh, end. Oh, like the, the no headstock The club. no headstock, yeah. Steinberg, yeah. Yeah, It look. it's like that, except it's a, it's like a, it looks like a, if somebody it's made a battle axe for LARPing, and it's actually mixed a with like a boat paddle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I also need to me. point what? out that in this picture, I don't know if this is just like a visual trick, but in this picture, it looks like all the strings are the same gauge. It does. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing in what is called super unison. <laughs> <laughs> But he's got the bend, so then he gets out of it. So that's cool. right, right. Yeah. So okay, this is a thing from um, Taurus Guitars. I guess mm-hmm. is how you say that. Sure. It looks like a spaceship. It's got a crazy fat neck that is kind of I don't know what shape is that. Elliptical. It, 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 sort of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it spreads way out. I guess so that you can do like super super deep bends of the high and low right. strings. That's exactly what it is. So the, in the middle of the neck, it becomes super fat. Huh. And it so it's just so you can do extreme outward bending. Uh, that seems so over the top for one small facet of guitar playing. 
Right. Yeah. Why don't you just bend the other way? Like because and it I has guess the, the idea rose the- on it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Pun- punch and hole. Actually, snap these strings in half. <laughs> <laughs> so can I? Has anyone read the paragraph underneath the picture? Not no. recently. Should I have? <laughs> if there is one thing that is certain, it is the conservative nature of guitar players in regards to the design of the instrument. So if anything, that guitar is definitely conservative. For example, <laughs> look at blah, blah, blah. All right, they've been producing. Maybe that is because the price of these odd-looking instruments, or maybe it is because people would rather spend three to $4,000 on a guitar shape that was designed in the 50s. Oh, yeah, so he's complaining. People still buy them. He's complaining yeah. that we're all still using relatively the same guitar shape because it's you know pretty good. He's shape. complaining that we're all using something that's worked since the '50s, so hasn't needed changing. Sorry, they designed the Strat the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I assume was the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Holy. Well, cow. they didn't, and it was called the Telly, and then they came out with the Strat because people complained. Oh, then there you go. Uh, anyway, this thing looks so weird. I don't get it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like you said, it's got a Floyd Rose. It's the humbucker, single humbucker design. Uh, I don't know what you'd call this. This is the Dyson vacuum of the guitar world. It's <laughs> exactly solving it every problem that doesn't need to be solved. Yeah. So are these things, there's like pads sort of where yeah, it looks body like you should can't be? sit down with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because why done. would you? I'm done with this. I think it's stupid. I don't know. Until I see oh someone my God. like. I don't think totally I'll ever be done me with wrong. That, but that's amazing. Good Lord. Next album, man. Should get a couple of these. <laughs> yeah, just go the other way. Tune There's up. Any, it looks short Nobody scale. even like is going to pay attention not. to like whether the tone is good or not. Yeah, yeah they'll be like, right. listen to that bend. It just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Nobody. Oh, man. I, I bet this guy has never seen like a slide before. <laughs> Must be right. Oh, like, that also. Yeah, he's gonna walk it around the corner, and somebody's gonna go, "Oh, have you ever tried one of these?" And he's gonna just kill himself. Holy <laughs> shit! Wait a second. Uh-oh. What if that's what the little like pads on both sides of it are for? What if you're supposed to play this on your lap and you just lean on that thing? <laughs> so, it's like a it's like a lap steel, but it's a little perch. It's a lap steel with a Floyd Rose. <laughs> Like I said, the Dyson of the guitar world. <laughs> Never loses suction. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Holy diver. That's too good. So the Railhammer. Railhammer is a company that uh, we've talked about them a little bit in the past. I think they're kind of partnered with or maybe even from the same guy that does um, Reverend Guitars. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But uh, they launched the Tel 90. So, which is the latest in the H90 series. It's like a P90 pickup in a humbucker sized box. So it'll fit, it'll drop right into your humbucker. Oh, we talked guitar. about this when it was not released yet. Yeah. So this is, um, I think that one has since been released. This is kind of a different version of it. Okay. So this is like a blend of a P90 with more of that traditional tele sound still there. So I think the other one was just a straight up P90. This is a little bit of a hybrid size. Okay. Okay. So it's an Omniko 5 magnet. I'm interested to try this out. Yeah, it's cool. They've got this like bar magnet pull piece design going on. So, mm. yeah, it's like three strings need more help on the harmonics and three strings that need more help on the fundamental, you know, the high and low kind of groupings. And they've created a magnet sort of split. So the pickup, right. half the pickup is going to feature more 
fundamental frequency and half is going to feature more harmonics to try to give the guitar a more even response high to low which is awesome like this on the flip note of what we're just talking about like this solves actual problems like actual like my high strings are too quiet or my high strings are too loud kind of thing on a guitar so Mm -hmm. and it's got the the metal plate on it so it's probably a little bit quieter than the old mm -hmm. p90s Right, exactly. So this cancels some hum. I think it's still going to just because of the nature of P90s, but right. Um, still, it's probably much better. There's a neck and bridge models available. Um, they're reverse wound when you buy them in a pair to cancel hum. So when you're in the middle position, neat, neat. Yeah, they make all kinds of cool pickups. They've like standard it. humbuckers. They've got some single coils. Yeah, they do. Um, I'm seeing them a lot in like the high gain market, actually. So. Mm-hmm. Might be something to check out. What kind of pickups are you playing? Um, actually, I just got um, the new Ibanez Destroyer. And oh, that's right. It actually the video. comes stock with my... Yeah, it comes stock with my ideal pickup pair, which I didn't know until I got it. <laughs> and then I did research on it. It's got the uh, DeMarzio Tone Zone in the bridge and then the Air Norton in the neck. Awesome. And they're perfect together. Nice. Wonderful. And have you put those in like your other guitars? No, not yet. I probably will eventually, but I haven't had time or thought of it until you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go making all your guitars sound the same, you know. That's another thing. <laughs> and then you brought that up. I'm just not going to listen to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, last one, Music Mesa. It's coming up. It's like Nam, but it's in Europe. <laughs> so we're not going. We're not going. Does that mean March. we have to do another episode like the Nam episode? Maybe. <sighs> it's a little less For all intense, of our I think. European listeners. Yeah. So it's March 12th to the 15th. A lot of the big names are there, but the indie builder set is a lot different, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Um, hmm. I think a lot of stuff that gets announced at Nam is sometimes out by this show. So they announce it that that it's like been re- officially released. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And other just cool releases that's not ready for Nam, but you know. Cool. Uh, let's talk about the sponsor. The tone control this week is brought to you by pedalgenie.com. The Netflix of guitar pedals. Is that, is that kosher? I mean, that's what the guy said to us. I don't know if that's what he said to us in an email. I don't really think it's their actual slogan, but that's really, I have found the best way to put it. It's the Netflix of guitar pedals. I mean, you go online and you make a wish list of pedals you want to try out and they send you one. And you try it out for a while, and when you're done, you send it back, and they send you another one off your list. Their warehouse must be on, like, full security lockdown. Yeah, I'll say. I Just today, they announced they got uh, Strymon pedals, which are, you know... Very expensive. Not, not cheap at all. I mean, this, <laughs> this little JHS jobby that I got today is 200 bucks, And Holy. they've got to have at least a handful of them, you know, because there was one out to me and who knows who else. Mm-hmm. Right. So but, I've got um, the, what's coming to me again? I, I made a wish list. I oh, it's the one I was really excited about too. The uh, Arpanoid. The Arpanoid from Earthquaker Devices. It's like a weird arpeggiator thing or something like that. I can't yep. wait to play with it. It's going to be wild. Yeah. Uh, I, I plugged this in this afternoon for a little while and it's, it is super cool. I, I was not really expecting this to be as awesome as it was. And now I want to buy it. Yeah. Again, you know, that's my baseline is always wanting to just buy more gear. 
Yeah. <laughs> so this is a really cool idea. Just you probably already said all this, right? Just thirty four ninety five a month. Um, you get the. You can go there. Go to pedalgenie.com and you sign up. You can check out all the pedals they have and see like. They have just a huge, huge list, and they're really, really nice. They'll send them an email. You see something that you, or you know of something that you'd like to be on their list that isn't on their list. They want to know about that, um, and they'll respond to you personally. As far as I know, they always respond to me personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope I'm not special. Uh, <laughs> no, like super nice guys. Uh, build your wish list, and then when you're ready to go, you know, join up. Uh, the first month is only a dollar, so you can check out, see which, see what it's like, you know, yeah. before you're really committing to anything. And um, I don't know how you're. This is going to be like drugs. How are you going to give this up? You get to have what? I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's. I mean, think about it. It's like if you want to try something out because you might buy it. Perfect. If you want to try something out because you need the sound for this one part of this one song in the studio this weekend. Perfect. If you run a studio such as Kevin and you need to have access to the JHS Super Bowl, guess what? You can just get one. And you, you don't have you to pay might have 200 just sold bucks. me on this. It, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, I was the, like all about the M13 and then you started talking. <laughs> now you can get anything you want. Yeah. So yeah, you try it out on your own rig as long as you want, no late fees. First first month is a dollar. Oh, that right there too, because like we were talking about, you don't you don't buy a guitar off the internet. You need to get it in your hands and play it. You know, we can exactly. watch videos of pedal demos all day long, but I don't know how it's going to sound in my rig. And people have tried right. to find ways around this. Like, uh, I, there's that thing where they um, it's like an iPhone app, and yep. they have a cable, and you plug it into your amp, and it's supposed to make the sound of that pedal go into your amp. But that's not really what yeah. your guitar is going to sound no. like, and the impedance is going to be all wrong and there's no part of that is correct. This is correct. Right. <laughs> yeah, the only way to get to know how a pedal sounds in front of your amp is to put it in front of your amp. Yeah, twist exactly. some knobs. So, yep. So, uh, yeah, pedalgenie.com slash tone control. Go there, sign up, uh, see what we've tried out, uh, what's you know coming to us or we have in hand at the moment. And oh, yeah. We'll be, I forgot about that. W- yeah. <laughs> they we'll made be a talking cool about- landing page for us. So <laughs> if you go to sl- pedalgenie.com slash tone control, you... For one thing, we get credit for sending you there, which is awesome. <laughs> and for another thing, uh, he's made up a, a little page where it shows what Derek and I have out right now and what you can expect to hear about, um, you know, on the next episode because we're going to be talking about all the pedals we get to try and yeah. And, and yeah. I, I just earlier today decided I'm going to post like a really quick little review and some high res photos of the pedals on the blog. So tonecontrolshow.com for that. Pedalgenie.com/slash/tonecontrol. All your pedal wishes granted. Start poking, dude. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's let's start out. Let's. I'm gonna play the song. I'm, well, really, I'm gonna edit the song into into this <laughs> podcast after the fact. Because so be, at some point it, it will ghost appear. Yeah. This is where it's gonna go. Tower fell below. No magic 
Good job. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Thank you. So, was the, but this was all recorded at your studio, is that right? Up in where are you? <laughs> uh, Waterboro, Maine. Yes, Waterboro. Right. Okay. I wasn't totally sure about that. Nobody really knows what that town is, so that's fine. <laughs> well, I, I just mean versus where the previous stuff had been recorded. I wasn't sure. Oh, no, yeah. We don't really have uh, the means to go to... We have the means, but Josh, who we did all our other stuff with, is no longer a New York producer. He's a big, fancy L.A. producer. Oh. <laughs> makes the makes the travel costs a little greater. Yeah, well, you wouldn't think so to talk to him because before he would just be like, it's only a six hour drive. Like, come on down. We'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. We can make it down. Mm -hmm. And his justification for it now, he's like, it's just a six hour flight. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it takes the same amount of time, but it's like thousands of dollars as opposed to like 50. Right. right. Also, it's, it's a six hour flight, but there's also all those other hours of travel surrounded by that. Yeah. To, oh, to yeah. and from airports and forget it. Not worth it. Yeah. Yep. In airports. Yeah. It's just, it's a nightmare. Well, so this is done at Lions Main in Waterboro and it's nothing to shake a stick at. So I don't see what the Thanks, problem dude. is. <laughs> 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 and if I can interject here for a second, uh, most people probably don't know who we're talking about when we say Josh. Uh, so Josh is Josh Wilbur. Uh, who is uh, Jared's older brother and happens to be a a Grammy award-winning engineer and producer who uh, used to live in New York and he went to LA. So that's who we're talking about. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun being, considering it was recorded like that, that song I think was recorded four times. Hmm. Yeah. You guys went through some. In its entirety? Yeah. Because Hmm. the song underwent, so many drastic changes of the whole EP. That was the first song we wrote for it. Mm-hmm. And it was originally in drop B because we wanted to do something different after all of our albums have been the drop D thing. We we're like, yeah, oh, we'll try something new. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote that song actually. No. So yeah, four times. So it was originally half step down. We're like, Oh, we'll just do a slight change. Mm-hmm. And then I bought a seven string cause I'd never had one. And I was like, Oh, B's fun. So now we'll <laughs> redo it in B. Oh. Meanwhile, Jared's still kind of workshopping vocal stuff. And then when we were tracking bass for it, me and Nate came up with the idea. Cause since we did the drop B thing, we were kind of stressing ourselves about like live show. Cause we still got to play the old song. So at right. some point we have to put down the B guitars and get right. the D ones and look like idiots. Um, <laughs> So me and Nate came up with the idea that if we were going to sevens and five strings, then if we went to drop A, then the next six strings up are E standard. Uh-huh. Okay. So we were like, okay, so instead of switching a guitar, we can just drop that E down to a D and play the old songs. Hmm. <laughs> Holy moly. So, you're not, so, so, so let's that, go lower so we can stay higher. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it was. We were we were getting that's uh that was spinning out of control pretty fast. Hmm. Um, so we did the drop A thing for a while, and actually all of these songs were written in drop A at one point, and I don't have them anymore. Somehow, there's <laughs> a few copies of that EP in drop A just in the ether of the internet somewhere. Hmm. Like a few people have it. I don't know who, but it's huh. out there. And then after about like 
eight months of re-recording the songs and being just about ready to like final mix and put them out. We were at practice actually. Jack was like, can we try one of these songs and drop D to just see how it sounds? And obviously the key change were like, Jared, just do what you normally do and we'll forgive any weirdness. Right. Um, yeah. And we played it all once and we all kind of looked at each other and we all kind of realized that we all hated drop A. <laughs> but but nobody wanted to be the dude that was rocking the boat at this point since it'd been such a trip to get there. Yeah. Right. So we were all stoked. We were like, oh, we can get rid of this shit. Like, we don't have to do this anymore. But then we were like, shit, we have to record these songs again. <laughs> so, okay, so, that so was where that, are we now? I mean, what are they in that we just heard? So now they're back in drop D. We're okay. back in home territory. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, because okay, so I, I was listening re- to this, and I remember part of this story, like, and I remember Jared talking about, Oh, well, they're going so low that it sounds dumb. So now I have to like go up an octave with some of my vocals and some of it's now it's like crazy high or something. So I don't know what well, I'm going to do. And and here's the thing. I'm listening to the album. I'm, sorry, and I'm go going, ahead. is it, is it in, I mean, it doesn't sound that low. Maybe they're just playing up the neck. Here's the thing though. And Jared, as much as I love him, doesn't know a whole lot about theoretical music. Yeah. The keys of D minor and A minor share all but one note, the B flat versus the B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he could so, leave the vocal part almost the same. And that's what it was. That's what his yeah. big problem was when we first went to A is he was like, well, I'm going to have to sing everything lower and it's not going to sound as energetic. And I was like, no, you don't, because if all the music's moving down here, but your vocal range is still mm-hmm. up here. If anything, it's going to sound more energetic up there. Right. Mm hmm. Um, but that turned out to not matter. And then when we did the transition from A all the way back up to D, we just had to like frig with the notes that were between the B flat and the B. Yeah. And then that was good. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay. So this, is that the case for the whole EP? I mean, did you guys? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cause I, I had <laughs> yeah, seen, wow. this was one of my questions I, I knew I wanted to ask you is Jared posted a video, him doing vocals for a track. Uh, my notes say taste of iron with the caption back when this was in a different tuning. Um, and oh, I was like, yeah. um, Hmm. Okay. And I know <laughs> a lot of, a lot of bands will, or I guess I don't really know why they tune down, but I was wondering what the reason was if there was like a, Oh, it's easier to sing or harder to sing in this key or that key or the seven string thing. So, I mean, I already have my answer, I guess, but <laughs> it was just like, I saw that and I was like, wait a minute. That means like they had to transpose the whole song and, that seems like a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, it uh, it absolutely was. It was not. It it wasn't as bad as I originally thought it was going to be. Like when we all kind of agreed, like, all right, let's go back to drop D. I kind of just bit my tongue and I was like, we have to do this. So I'm just going to do whatever we have to do. Yeah. Me and Jack were able to recut the guitars in a day. Okay. And then we sat down and like workshop some of the vocal stuff for a few hours. And then we're able to leave most of the stuff as it was. And then a couple little tweaks for changing keys, but yeah, it wasn't really that bad. We left the drums as they were because that didn't make enough of a difference for me to matter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm, Okay. So you guys, basically you're playing this stuff in a, in a real low drop tuning, getting some Mm -hmm. thunderous fundamentals, I'm assuming. And then ultimately you decided the songs work better up higher not not only like do they work better it's just it's where too late kind of belongs i guess mm-hmm. this band has a like 
there's a tight right hand kind of thing that's going on. Like that's where <laughs> the heaviness of this music comes from. And so it doesn't, it never feels like it's missing any low guts, you know, to me. Um, yeah, no, that, and that's fair. Well, I think, I, mean, I think it was more of a thing of like, old. we, our old album was kind of like on the back of not circulation, but of like pushing it, like the tours were starting to die down mm-hmm. and I don't really know the word for it. But we we all just kind of wanted to try something different. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because we've been a band for over 10 years now, and it's just eventually you want to yeah. switch up some new positions. Right, um, but I mean, it's the difference between writing a super heavy riff and, and not necessarily saying, well, let's just play lower. That'll make it heavier. So that, like, That's it, the thing, too, is yeah. we still wrote, even though we played them and recorded them in drop A, they were all written in D. Right. And I did oh, that yeah, yeah. because of the fact that if you're playing on a seven string and you're playing in drop A, it's so easy to just turn everything into sludge factory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and I like like quick fun riffs. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't want to sacrifice that. Mm-hmm. But what's funny about it is I think it's just the one video. We, we filmed a video at Port City Music Hall last summer, I think for uh, the elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be coming out soon. But something that you guys and probably whoever listens to this will this figure okay. There's out. no listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this the song is in drop D, but when we recorded it, it was when it was in A. So I'm playing a drop D song with a seven string. Okay, so and okay. I, <laughs> I mean, it obviously it's the recorded track over the uh the live video but i always get a kick out of it oh oh i get misunderstood in the video the picture of you is holding a seven string correct right (laughs) which i don't think anyone will pick up on i don't think anyone will pause and count the tuning pegs but (laughs) (laughs) a few episodes ago we were talking about seven strings and how i've never played one and it's something that i think like wow i wonder what that's like and if it would really change how I think of guitar and change how I think of songwriting and riff writing and stuff. So like to, to like hear you talk about this is really interesting. to me. <laughs> so. It's very cool. Like I'm really glad that we did it, even though it ultimately ended up going back to yeah what we've always done, but it was a real good look from outside the box. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus playing a seven string, it's so, like you said, it puts you in a whole different realm of playing you can do different things and mm-hmm. yeah with when you're playing with the, these kinds of like really gainy tones too not all of what you're playing is just notes there's a bunch of other like you know sympathetic harmonics and stuff that's happening with with the strings that you're sort of letting that happen with the palm mutes right. and with the you know all all the different harmonics that end up getting thrown in there that must yep. be totally different on on that instrument it absolutely is, but for guys like the three of us who have been playing long enough yeah. where you can kind of adjust, because mm-hmm. some of it's cool. Like some of it, when you played, you're like, oh, I couldn't do this, and then it just happens with a seven string. Mm-hmm. But you have the ability to kind of control that, mm-hmm. especially if you're not just some kid who's just playing the low string in mm-hmm. the first three frets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so let's talk about guitars some more. Um, what on this final recording that we're hearing, what are we hearing? Um, if you remember on <laughs> actually, I think all of the rhythms was 
Jack's 2010. He's probably going to yell at me for getting this wrong. <laughs> but it's 2010 Gibson Les Paul. And then he's got an early 90s SG that just kicks so much ass. It's completely stock, like mm-hmm. not flashy whatsoever, but it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. It's one of it's one of the guitars that is like why you never just buy a guitar online. You have to play it right. first because sure. you never know what you're going to get. His is like perfect, just out of the It's the one, the yeah. Awesome. So I just forewent all of my guitars and just played his. And then um, <laughs> for a few of my leads, it's my Ibanez S Prestige that I have. But as far cool. as rhythms go, it's all the Les Paul and mm-hmm. the SG. <laughs> Do you um, do you reamp everything? Do you record dry and reamp, or do you play? Sure do. Okay, so do you? What are you listening to when you're actually recording? Um, it depends. For my own, if it's my own stuff, and I'm not, if it's just a tracking reference, I'll use Pod Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of bands like, and I agree with this. A lot of bands, even if I'm gonna reamp, like hearing their actual amp because the tone that they're going to get. Right. Um, so you'll split a DI and a monitor gonna, a mic. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, well, it kind of affects it your affects performance. play so much. Right. Yeah. Like, and I've noticed that it took me a long time to figure that out. And I figured out how to counter that using pod farm, but mm-hmm. um, how you play going through something like that is wildly different than playing through a real amp. Right. Definitely. It's funny. I, I just got, I was, I just got my new interface as a universal audio Apollo and it comes with, it ha- it has its onboard DSP chips, which is really nice to be able to run effects. Not, oh, that's cool. Not native. Um, and some of the things that it comes with is the amp room software from Softube. And How do you like that? It is hands down the finest amp sim I've ever used. And really, it's what not is it even called pre- again. It's called Amp Room by Softube, and the one that I have is just the the one that came free, which is the. It only has a bass model, which is like a '70s kind of Ampeg thing, eight ten, and then the guitar mm-hmm. one is is the half stack, which is a JCM eight hundred model. One of the things that's kind of neat is you can move the mic around, like you can grab it with the mouse and move it. And then kind of turn oh, that's it. Cool. So instead of just having like four mics to choose from, you just actually physically move the mic on the screen, which is neat. Right. But um, it's a good model of the Marshall amp. But really, the thing that really sells it for me is I can plug my pedal board into it. And like I have a great, great distortion pedal from Effectrode, this all tube mm-hmm. distortion pedal with three tubes in it. And it's brilliant. And this is the only amp sim that sounds right with pedals going into it, which I always try to do in Podfarm. You know, in Podfarm, you can use their like Mesa model or whatever, and it'll sound pretty much like a Mesa. But like you're saying, it doesn't quite play exactly like a real amp. With this, I turn on that Marshall, I kind of make a clean tone out of it and then just play my distortion pedal into it. And it sounds so much like my real amp with my distortion pedal in front of it. Yeah, I can see how that would work. Yeah. It's the only one I've tried, the only amp sim that I've tried that that really sounds right with my pedals. So I'm really yeah. excited. I've only been able to use it for a few days, but <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'll have to definitely try that out. Yeah. All right. So you record DIs of everything all the time because I we're assuming that you're just going to be really, really scrutinizing the tone later on the back end when it comes it's, time to reamp it. Yeah, it's it's a sonic thing being able to really not have to commit right from the get go. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd rather worry about performance now tone later. 
That's fair. But but also just being able to edit a dry track just yeah, yeah. takes my OCD and just lets it take a nap for a while. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if I'm dealing with, let's say, a band that's in drop G sharp, which I get all the time. Yeah. Um, that's super like polyrhythmic, very inhumanely tight. Then it's good to be able to just, you know, snap those as tight or as loose. If I want, if I want it to have a little bit more wiggle to it, then. Yeah. But you um, can visually, you just, can see it with, when you're looking at a DI track, when you're editing a DI track in pro tools, you can yeah, see it. Yeah. Cause you can see all those palm mutes, all those strums versus you've seen a mic'd up cabbage, just a brick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Uh, so what amps do you, or I guess what amps did you use on the record? Do you use your stage amps? Sure did. Um, the biggest reason is because Josh is like hands down the best audio engineer producer that I've ever heard, let alone got to know. And everything just sounds so clean and perfect mm. with him. And we there was kind of a vibe that we wanted this to sound not ratty, but a little more human, I guess. Give it some okay. some hair on top, little edge. Yeah. yeah. Is this so is this the, the first record that you've done without Josh involved at all? No, no, no. He did a lot of the mixing and mastering on this record. Oh, actually. oh, okay. I didn't know. Um, that. yeah, we 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 went back and forth on that a lot with his ears definitely lending us a lot of uh expertise, but between my I'd like to say that it's intentional but i'm straight up not as good of an engineer as he is so naturally it doesn't sound as pretty as the stuff that he does and it kind of worked in our favor because i like how this record sounds a lot Mm -hmm. a little grittier and so on yeah and it's just we double tracked all the rhythms so there's four rhythm tracks and it's primarily jack's mesa dual rectifier left and then my 6505 plus on the right and then Hmm. that's about it that's pretty good so i wouldn't have known those were two different like the amps were on two different sides well, it's one of those things where like, how do I put this? Um, <laughs> both amps are on both sides, oh, but okay. one is much more prominent on each right. one. Right, okay. Like I've Jack's Yeah, I've tone. done that in a mix before, yeah. Yes, yeah, you know you know what I mean. Yeah. It just helps it give it kind of that live feel, and it also leaves some space in the in the middle for mm-hmm. kick, and it snare, gives a, and vocals to It sit. gives a difference between left and right. It's basically you've got a stereo of both guitarists and then the, that stereo exactly. image, you know, one guitarist is placed more to the right and placed more to the left in the other case. Exactly. So yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I had, I had one question that I, okay. I've been wondering about. This is an EP. Um, Statement of purpose was a full length. Is there any, I, I think I read somewhere that you guys had been sitting on this release for like a really long time. And, and well, that's the thing is, I'm sorry, let me, I'll let you actually finish. No, I was just going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, has it been a long time? And then why the effort to go with EP? What are there six tracks? So over an LP, is it just like well, the amount it, of time and effort, and or is that all the material? It's, it's a it's a lot of little reasons. Um, sure, we've been sitting on this for about three years. I want to say Statement of Purpose came out in 2011, um, mm-hmm. and we had like a really good system going when we first did the drop a transition and we were writing, actually, let me back up a little further than that. When we were writing all these songs and kind of debating whether or not to go half step down or drop B or drop a, or whatever the hell we were going to do, we were kind of picking away at these songs in the meantime. And then we were just having a lot of trouble 
getting them exactly where we wanted, just, you know, being in a band, creative differences, everyone is pulling in a slightly different direction. And then we lost Nate, our bass player. I shouldn't say lost, like he died. He went to get (laughs) a real adult job. Um, So then it was a period of time where we're figuring out how we're going to keep doing shows as a four piece or find a fill in bass player or a permanent bass player. So writing and everything kind of took a little bit more of the back burner. Um, And it was, it was a whole lot of little stuff like that. And then we went back to drop D and had to re-record the songs again. (laughs) So it was less about like really pouring over six songs and more being like, we're idiots and don't know what we're doing. So it took us a while (laughs) just to get six songs out. Sure. If we would have right from the beginning, just been like, no, we're staying in drop D. It probably would have ended up a full length, but Mm, by the time we had everything established we were like all right we can take another year and crank out six more songs or we can just put this out because it's been long enough cool Mm -hmm. i only ask because like to me the idea of an ep kind of exists differently than an lp and i was wondering if it was like a stylistic choice or if it was just kind of the world saying you're making an an ep (laughs) well don't you think that uh, it's you know, the times are a changing as they oh, say totally. too. And and like <laughs> this album is available on Bandcamp, you know, self-released, right? I mean, correct me if I'm, yep. if I'm wrong, you know, self-released, no, no, it's, they've got the, the, the pick your price model, which is, I think working out pretty well for a lot. I've heard that it's working out well for a lot of people. I, I guess I should yeah, ask it's, how it's, it's working great. out for you guys. Um, we oops, kicking everything. Um, <laughs> It's working out great for us just because we were kind of of the mindset like I was looking at my Instagram feed from like a year and a half ago. There was a picture of us at practice and I'm holding my seven string. So I know we're still playing a drop A. And some kid was like, he was like, when's the new album coming out? And I was like, two months. And this was like last October. And I saw it and I was like, shit. Um, so we kind of were like, we made these kids wait a stupid amount of time for six songs. They're just hanging on, refreshing your Instagram feed, hoping, praying. (laughs) Seriously. So we were like, you know, we're not expecting to do anything monumental sales wise with this. And our fans have stuck with us through God knows what. So we were like, if they want to just take it, then they can at the very least, they have the option to just have it as opposed to like going to the pirate bay and trying to. Right. Yeah. You can download, some, you know, the high res good sounding files and you don't have to worry about this other bullshit. Like, yeah, exactly. And then and people support. Yeah. And on the opposite side of that, like we were like, Oh, if someone wants to give us two bucks for this, three bucks, but we had a pretty good handful of people that were like, yeah, I'll give you 50 bucks for this. Wow. We're yeah. like, didn't expect that. That's awesome. It gives people a sense of like helping, like in oh, a yeah. way that just buying an album that is $10 at the record store, that's a transaction with a store. And I, I feel like the, the right. name your price, it's really like the internet version of walking up and saying like, can I, I, I like your art. Can I give you money for it? And I think it gives exactly. people that feeling, you know, so I'm, it's, it's kind it also, of going back to basics, which is an awesome thing. But it also like makes it clear, I think to the listener that you guys are more concerned with getting it out into people's ears. And if that means yeah, they can totally. only play, pay no bucks or a dollar or, or two bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. then that's fine. Right. Very neat. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely a, a positive thing that I'm glad Bandcamp and whoever owns Bandcamp decided to do. It's a great, 
That's yeah. a great model. It, it makes it yeah. easy because anybody can switch this on and they don't have to. I mean, there were people doing this, but you could do it at your own shows or whatever, obviously, but creating um, an internet backend for it that anybody can use. That's what that's what's happened here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, totally. Very neat. So we'll definitely put the link for that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you guys, I, I skipped, I, I meant to ask, do you guys play with any effects or anything else? You just amps and guitars. <laughs> we go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> so much just like everything else i guess i'm starting to realize as i'm saying it um especially me jack's always jack's uh tremolo taste of a lot or a few effects is more narrow than mine i go in phases between wanting the most elaborate like 180 <laughs> degree pedal board versus fucking nothing like yeah i want to plug yeah. into my amp and that's it yeah and man. i think a lot of that is because Man, have I, I been there. With, yeah, so you know all about it. <laughs> yeah. But the one thing I just started using that is perfect is the Line 6 M13. Uh-huh. Have I've you heard, seen that at all? Yes, I've heard awesome things about that. And the little ones, too. Like the, what is it, the M9 and the, the M3? The M9 and the, or the M3, yeah. The five, whatever so this are. is a multi-effects board? Yeah, it's the best part about all of Line 6's stuff. Like, it doesn't have any of the amp models that yeah. don't really sound that good or anything like that. And it's 16, it's technically 20 channels, because, or t- 20 buttons, if for lack of a better word. Yeah, foot switches. Um, that you can assign to literally hundreds of effects. And it's got simple ones like tube screamers and noise gates and little EQs. And you can assign effects, you route the four cable method to it, and you can assign each effect to be... In the front of your amp or through the effects loop. So oh, you can have, we were just talking about switchers that do that. It's <laughs> awesome. And it has a tuner built into it. And it's got 12 different banks. So there's 16 effects on each bank. And you can scroll through 12 of them. Like, I'll probably never buy another pedal again. Mm-hmm, huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it, it's easy. If you're the kind of guy who doesn't need the the analog like the wires and resistors and sort of business of like right. this is a big part of effects pedal stuff that's like hand wired hand painted stuff like that so there's that right. side of it if you're just trying to get you know generally like these effects like these we're not talking about name brand like handmade stuff right like i need a tube right. screamer type sound i want to be able to do anything yeah. with my tone it's that sounds like a really great option and it, you can carry it around <laughs> It's It's perfect. And especially for a band like us, like we're high gain, we're loud as hell. Like no one's going to be like, I don't think that the chip in that delay pedal is (laughs) off. They're not going to pick that apart. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, So for our purposes, it's literally perfect. That's great. Nice. Yeah. I've gone back and forth on the whole pedal board thing every now and then. Like I've got, I don't know how many, 10, 11 pedals on my board now. And have for a really long time, and I love it, but occasionally I just go maybe one pedal in, one or two pedals right into the front of my amp, and it's like, this is how you play guitar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And then I plug in my board again, and it's like, well, where has this been? <laughs> yeah, it's it it's never going to end. It's the same with drummers who go from like the most simple kick, floor tom, snare, hi-hat ride to like freaking eight-piece kit and yeah. 30 cymbals. and. <laughs> There's no excuse for that. And then singers that. just have nothing. <laughs> There's no excuse for these little hand-painted jobbies, you know? I mean, <laughs> but I have one here, I, and it sounds awesome. And Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I, I totally do. 
I love the little hand painted bits of nonsense, though. I love my. <laughs> oh, me too. Absolutely. My uh, my full tone pedal that has like you know a hand populated pro- circuit board on it and everything else that's on here and and a couple of things that I made myself and crap like that. Well, there, there's something to say for that. Like if you get a pedal like that that you know, like this was in a dude's hands for yeah. a while mm-hmm. when he was probably mm-hmm. picking mm-hmm. his butt versus like <laughs> this unit came off a fucking conveyor belt and just went straight <laughs> to a truck. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Really neat. All right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to pick it? Pick at him, Derek. Uh, I'm good. Is there anything you want to plug particularly, Kevin? I mean, um, the, the elevator pitch is out now, and you pay what you yeah, want it's on, on the out. internet. It's gonna stay out. It, it'll probably be another thirty years before we get anything else out. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. The hero two dot bandcamp.com. Hey, I have a question. Yep. What? Who's too late? The hero one. Yeah. Who, who's <laughs> that late? is a very good question. And <laughs> I think Jared or Aaron set up the bandcamp. I don't know which. And I saw the number the the number two. <laughs> And I thought about it, but I've never gone and looked. In fact, I'm going to go look right now. Let's do this. Okay. Coming to you live. <laughs> There's at least one other Too Late the Hero. Yeah, I remember something about this back in the day. I, I'm looking like at a blank Polynesia page. Or something like that. No tracks here yet. Uh-oh. Is it some account that you guys made and forgot the password so who for? who is this? <laughs> There's Too Late the Hero by itself. Let's put in Too Late the Hero 1. Also nothing there. Maybe... They just wanted to be a weirdo and put a two after there and just make everyone's life way it's, harder. It's two, num- the number two, late the hero. <laughs> it's too, too late the hero. Far too late the hero. <laughs> All the puns. Yeah. And um, like we said, there's a video. You should go watch it. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Jared worked very hard on it. So yes. if for no other reason, give him a well, pat on the back. I think it's great. He did an awesome job. He nails it with that stuff. He's done a few videos for other like local bands and he's got a real knack for it. I hope he like sweet gets to do a lot more of it. So thanks, hey, man. So, yeah. Th- well, thanks. And well, that's, uh, that's all we've got for this week. Thanks Kevin for joining us and talking shop with talking us. Gear. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having gear. me. Guys. Um, check out, do you get, do you guys, does the band have a dot com? Or is it just the Bandcamp? You want to just plug we the Bandcamp? We have a we have too late the com, but it basically just links you to our Facebook. Okay, well, find them everywhere. They're everywhere. Not hard to find. Uh, <laughs> yep. Cool band, cool guys, and um, you know, pick up their album and toss them a few bucks. And and be sure to check out Pedal Genie. Go to pedalgenie.com slash tone control. It's the Netflix for guitar pedals. It's great, and you're going to be hearing a lot more about it in the coming episodes as we get to try out a bunch of pedals because of this great service. And yeah. thanks to them for sponsoring the Tone Control. Yeah, this will this will come together nicely. Yeah, I've I've yeah. got tons of great stuff. So I'll um, totally. That's that's great. Thanks so much, man. This is fun. No, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, anytime you want to come back, let us know. Totally. Totally.